0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. Today, we have a guy called Dan Mangina on the show, who's an incredible entrepreneur that's got some great stories to share with you. He's a best-selling author, public speaker, podcaster, lives life on his terms, currently doing that in Mexico. Um, he's got an amazing story of success, of highs and lows, making millions, losing millions, health challenges you name it he has got a wealth of knowledge to share so sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the one shot movement podcast Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. I come across an incredible and inspiring entrepreneur, Dan Mangena, the other day. He was introduced to me by a lady who was on the show, and I always love when I get introduced to amazing people that I don't know and now get to know, and he really um, inspires me with what he's done. He's got an incredible story, which he'll dive into, but he's a Best-selling author, public speaker, podcaster. He's got coaching programs, runs events. He's doing amazing things. He's born and raised in London, and from then to now, living in Mexico. He might even share a bit about that in his story as well. But he's got an incredible story to sh- uh, to share. So, welcome to the show, Dan.
1: Hey, hey, hey! Thanks for having me, buddy. It's uh, it's really cool because obviously we, we had you recorded on mine the other day, and now we're doing the swap back. It's always really interesting to to knock it back the other way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I really connected with you uh, when we first met and, and I have been on your show as well. But yeah, I'd love the audience to get to know Dan and your story, your your ups, your downs, highs, lows. Yeah, just go go spend a few minutes sharing your story.
1: Sure thing. Well, hi everyone. I'm Daniel. Dan, I'll tell you a secret. Two of my sisters call me Donut. I'm really indifferent as <laughs> to which of the ones we, we, we go for. But you know, yeah, I get to live in Cabo in Mexico. the The whole ethos here is there are no bad days. It rains twelve days a year. Um, it's pretty darn cool. I get to see the ocean. I'm looking at it right now. It's um, it's a pretty cool life. But like you said, there are very rarely any narratives that go in a straight line and everything's really smooth. My bumps include making and losing two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 24. Um, getting diagnosed with Asperger's clawing my way back from suicidal depression to rebuild the life that I do now and you know the one thing that's become really evident for me is that it would be nice to have made it through to live the life that I do now without the bumps and bruises and I don't believe that you have to have bumps and bruises or that there isn't another way But I do believe that everybody who makes it through those bumps and bruises are the people that actually make it and actually get to do something brilliant. Because there are people that have made it that it's been smooth. There are people that had a bit of a bump and they went the other way. There are people that face down suicide like I did and they took a different choice. There are people that lose their first fortune and they go off and get a job at McDonald's. There are people that lose it a lot more times than I did and they keep going. But ultimately, what it comes down to is I feel... Being more deeply committed to being the greatest version of yourself, taking that one shot every time that you get it right, then giving up in the face of the challenges that we come across on our journey.
0: Mm, very well said, and you've just like literally raised an amazing point there. Because yeah, life is—it's not a matter of if you go through challenges; it's when, it's how often, it's how big, and how you deal with it. And most people um, don't deal with it. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the strategies you um, really. Uh, have developed because you said you've clawed your way back, bumps and bruises. Now, a lot of people do take that option. And I think personally, it's a personal opinion. It's a mindset thing if you give up uh, more often than not. But um, yeah, some people might go, hey, it's all too hard. I've given it a go and that's it for me. I might go get that McDonald's job. What are some of the keys to Getting off the floor, you know, you've made millions, lost millions. You've been diagnosed with a, you know, let's call it a health challenge, um, bumps and bruises along the way. How have you got through that?
1: I nearly didn't is the long and short of it. You know, um, I know for a fact that when I face down suicide, the only reason I why I made the choice that I did was because of my Asperger's because of how my brain thinks I don't make impulsive decisions I don't I literally don't have the wiring for it so when I faced that choice I actually was like do you know what I don't want to fail at this so I'm gonna sort of work out how to get it done properly and that created the space for me to make another choice it was a fluke in all honesty but that fluke gave me the opportunity to accidentally do what really led to me choosing life which is to reprogram myself because I went off to work out I mean great success comes with strategy right some people fluke it but generally it's it's strategy that, that gets you there and my strategy worked up to a point but it hadn't worked right so I wanted to work out what was wrong with what I was doing but I wanted to work out what was wrong with what I was doing so I could successfully commit suicide that was initially my intention it wasn't let me dust myself off and go and try again. It's let me dust myself off so I I don't look messy in my coffin is really what was going on. But in that process of spending time reading books, studying the lives of people who are successful, looking at the lives of people who've come back from from dark places, really to understand what was wrong, I accidentally reprogrammed myself for success. And what that taught me was a key thing, which goes to the point of mindset that you made, buddy. It's that our thoughts, choices, which you know it is linked in with our emotional state and linked in with our habits and behaviors that leads to our results, they really come down to our inputs. And there are far too many people who claim that they wanna have a successful business, but the conversations that they're having aren't with successful people or about successful things. They're still talking about small things like gossip, right? They're not spending time filling their mind with uh, inspiration and ideas about how they could be successful. They're watching Netflix and eating Cheetos. And there's nothing wrong with having a bit of downtime and watching some Netflix, but we've got to look at the balance of what our inputs are. If I'm saying I want to claim success, am I embodying that with harm showing up every day? And that's going to come ultimately from what's going on inside of us. And that's going to come from our inputs. And we have a choice about that. I took up that choice with a different intention, but what it actually showed me was a person who has no. No interest at all in choosing life can end up completely reprogramming themselves to not only want to live life, but live it abundantly, purely based on the fact that I positively polluted my mind with uplifting inputs over a long time. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and, you know, her she was actually on my podcast and the conversation was quite profound and totally resonated with the message and I was asking her about the journey of entrepreneurship and, you know, people, like I think it was year 14 for me, it was my first seven-figure year. And people may look at that as, you know, now you're successful, but I look back at the 14 years beforehand <laughs> and go, holy moly, like that was, you know, I, I've, I've done my dues. And the, the conversation was a little bit around everything you do is preparation for the opportunity of your time, you know, your time to, to maximise on the opportunity. And I found it was a really really well put way to understand that there is, you know, like I'm doing, you, you, yourself, myself, you know, I've done hundreds of podcast interviews and that takes time and, you know, there's not often monetary return on that, but you're doing that to meet the next person or you're doing that to open the next door. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that sort of statement and, you know, do you agree?
1: Well, I think far too many people are used to this popcorn have it now culture which has no substance to it, you know, entrepreneurs say some of them, they're not ready to put their time in. They want to have one viral video or have a quick startup that they're going to sell to Google or whatever. They're not ready to get in the trenches and actually build something of value, build something that lasts. And that may take five years. It may take 10 years, but are you committed enough to success? And for me, success isn't about what I get it's what I give. Are you committed enough to creating something that's going to add to the world? or do you just want to get paid, right? What do you really want to do? And I think, you know, going back to this thing about the bumps and bruises, that bump and bruises just might be the time, people saying no, you know, 12 people listened to my first podcast. Now people want to be on the podcast, you know? But that wasn't like an overnight thing, and it doesn't factor in the 15 years of personal development that I put in before then. For me, good luck or good fortune is opportunity meeting preparation. And that preparation is happening every day. And part of that preparation is being ready to put the time in to have that 14 years of bumps and bruises, to have that 14 years of no's before you get to that seven-figure year or that six-figure year, before you turn a profit for some people. But if you are committed, and again, success is what I'm giving, not what I'm getting. If you're committed to success, then you'll be able to follow through, keep going work that job if you have to. When I, my last seven figure business, I was working in a call center, buddy, from 1.30 in the afternoon till 8.30 at night, doing the same seven minute customer service call for Volkswagen dealership customers over and over and over again, getting up in the morning, looking for clients, finding new relationships and getting ready to do it, going to the gym and going to work again and doing that mind numbing job over and over and over again, because I was ready to do what it took in order to bring my value to the world. A few years later, We're doing a hundred grand a month, but it took time and it took being committed to success.
0: Mm, absolutely. And, yeah, just to share a story to sort of, um, I guess, reiterate what you're talking about there, when I had five fitness clubs, I was getting up at 10 to 5 in the morning, getting home at 8 o'clock at night, but I wanted to transition out of that and make money online. And, you know, then I would start my you know, my online uh, hustle at 8 o'clock at night till you know, I fell asleep and back up at 5, and I did that for years and years and years. So, you know, I'm not trying to turn people away from actually going on that journey because you know it's it's highly valuable but i want to touch on another point and you mentioned you know you're being investing a whole lot of time and effort and you've turned over a lot of money in the last month or so you know well over a six-figure income and you're redeploying all that money and reinvesting back in to get your message more amplified you know do you want to use that as an example of you know the type of thing that you you know you're prepared to do to get your message to the world
1: yeah, I mean, look, first and foremost, you know, I pay myself a salary, I could probably ball out a lot more, but I pay myself a salary that makes sure that the kids have got what they need. We've got a lovely home over our heads, we eat out and we, we live well. But the bulk goes back into making sure that can we get into more ads? Can I hire more team members, which is what we've been doing this year. We're doing a, a big launch to get um, another one of our messages out to the world more, more pro- properly, bringing in more people to work on the marketing to make sure that our message is getting out you know, continuing to invest back into the business because, again, I'm not interested in a one-night stand with success. I want a long-term relationship, a good, solid barrier with success. And that means investing in it. Again, going back to this popcorn thing, people want to, you know, they'll do one launch. They won't even really deliver the services to their clients. They go and take their money. They go and, you know, they go to Vegas or they go to Miami. And then what? You're going to have to come back to the trough and <laughs> and do it all again, the whole churn and burn mentality versus – Investing in the relationships with your customers, investing with those clients and making sure that you're serving them at the highest level, making sure that you're continuing to make sure that you've got the support team that's going to empower you to be able to keep serving them and new clients at the highest level. And that takes investment. And again, it takes commitment to success from the perspective of giving, not what we're getting, I think anyway.
0: Mm. And your, you know, your, I guess, your power message to the world, and where you bring all your value around your speaking masterminds, coaches, events, free content, free value, is around consciously choosing abundance, and you know that whole consciously choosing. Do you want to elaborate on that and sort of like help inspire people to live a life of abundance and passion and purpose, etc. Sort
1: sure of thing. So, I mean. People that are in, for example, spirituality, mindfulness, maybe the the more woo-woo side of things, a lot of them crap on the idea of having financial abundance. But when you look at the reality that we live in, the most easy method of exchange is money. So the choices that I have and how I'm able to express myself in the world is most easily achieved through money. It's just a tool, but we get all these stories and narratives around it that give us this icky relationship to it versus taking this tool and stepping into what I call our inherent natural, God-given, born right to have abundance. If you look at nature, there is nowhere in nature that you see lack or lack of abundance until humans get involved. So the natural state of the universe is overflow because it's always growing. That's what it is. So I'm really all about inspiring people to step into that natural state and to make it a conscious choice. Not something we bimble into or something that maybe happens or might have cross my fingers. No, make the choice to show up every day, choosing to claim my natural state of abundance through what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, whether I'm adding to the world, whatever it is, abundance is our natural state. It's our birthright, I believe. And I'm all about empowering people to do that on a conscious basis. Mm.
0: Yeah, and and some of the, I guess, products or services you've um, done, you've got a podcast, um, but you've also published a number of books, a best-selling book. You've got a book called The Money Game, The Dreamers Manifest, uh, Stepping Beyond intention so do you want to just explain where did all that start like I've published one book um, I've got a few ideas around book two and three Um, but yeah do you want to talk about how you wanted to become an author and you know a bit about each of your books
1: so stepping beyond intention should have been my first book I was actually working on that for eight or nine years before I was able to get it out into the world because I think it wasn't really where I wanted it to be and it was my story you know Beyond Intention, my model that I created, it talks about that, where it came from. There's a lot of emotional tie up in the book. And so it was quite tricky for me to to create it in a way that I was a bit detached from. So what I actually did, the first book that I published was just to get over myself and just get a book out. So my first book is called From Time to Time. And I just said, well, what's something I can just write about and get out there in order to just pop my cherry? And so I took my time management strategy and I wrote a book about it. And so I put that out. So that was my first book. And I was like, "Oh, this isn't so challenging." But the book wasn't ready yet. But I said, "I want to keep the momentum." So my catchphrase is "Dream with your eyes open." Obviously, I'm Dreamer CEO. My company's Dreamer HQ. My website's Dream with Dan. I'm all about dreaming with your eyes open, which is again bringing that consciousness to what we're doing. And so I was like, "Oh, well, dream with your eyes open." There's a lot to that. Maybe I'll write a manifesto about my ideas about what it is and just give something written to motivate people. So the Dreamers Manifesto. Is just an inspirational book, very short, just to kind of get you motivated about living that one-shot life. You know, really going for it and doing all that we're here to do. I then was able to get step and beyond intention ready. That's about my four-step model. It talks a bit more about my life and my journey. And then the money game. Um, my money game tool. It's a tool I actually use for money manifestation. Um, it's great. The records are seventy-five thousand Australian dollars in two days. Is the record. Before that, it was forty, you know, fifty thousand. 47,000, 27,000 pounds. Um, We've got a lot of twenties and thirties or whatever that people do when we do the challenge. And so I thought, well, the challenge does well. It's not a pipe dream now because we've got real live results of this actually working for people. So I wrote a book that breaks down how to play the money game, how to use the tool, where it came from, why it works, how it works, how to apply it in your business so you can get more clients, how to apply it in your relationships so you can have more love, health and so on and so forth. So that was my last book, The Money Game. Mm.
0: And and that book there, that was your best-selling book?
1: No, my best-selling book was Stepping Beyond Intention. We didn't actually really promote the Money Game. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually I've just done a re-edit of Stepping Beyond Intention. We've got a new book cover. We're going to be re-putting those books out. So I'm fairly confident we'll get the money game out to bestseller as well. But we're focusing on getting Stepping Beyond Intention out because we want to have a because we sold a few thousand and got like the Amazon bestseller, but I want to get like a Wall Street Journal or a USA Today. Um, uh, bestseller so that's my intention for that book so so
0: would you say the money game is is it um a would you call it a strategy or would you call it yep strategy
1: it's, it's a strategy it's a strategy and it, again step beyond intention is a longer book it's like i don't know 32 33, words it's like a, a real book the other ones are much shorter you can get them knocked out in an hour and a half or something like that and get what you need from them the money game you can read it in an hour hour and a half and then it's just about playing the game. It's got the actual instructions and there's like the chart that you can use to track your progress and all that kind of good stuff.
0: Mm. Cool. Um, just in regards to the dreaming, that's uh, certainly one of one of the chapters in my book. You've got one shot is about dreaming and keeping the dream alive because a lot of people go through, say, life and the journey of life. I want to just ask you a question around that for a second. And you're a child, and you feel that you can fly, and you're Superman one day, and an astronaut the next day, and you know you don't. You, you sort of just like live life without any fears whatsoever. And then you, you know, you go to university or college and then you get a house and you get married, and you get responsibilities, you get debts, you get, and all of a sudden you, these debts and that builds stress and fear and, you know, that reduces and, and, and people stop dreaming. And that's sort of one of my big philosophies is keeping the dream alive and, you know, a side hustle can keep the dream alive because you've got your trading time for money and, okay, well, I'm trapped in the matrix now because, you know, I, I know how much. Of going to earn every week and that pays all these bills and that bills and you know you just live a groundhog day life and i say that you know, just that side hustle can give you that little that hope that hope that you need to keep your dream alive do you want to elaborate because you've done a book on the dream manifesto i'd like to hear your thoughts on that
1: so i mean if we look at this thing you said about when we're a kid we're flying one day we're superman the next day that we're an astronaut For me, this is the difference between what I call the dream and a purpose. For me, purpose is an embodiment of the dream that we're all born with. I I believe that we're all pre-encoded with something that really sets our soul alive. I'm not saying that it dictates what we have to do with our life. You know, you may have music in your soul. That doesn't mean that you have to be a musician. It could mean that music's something you do on the side, right? And that you have a business or some kind of entrepreneurship or a job or career that pays the bills. But ultimately... Keeping a dream alive, number one, demands that we know what the dream is. So that means having a deep up relationship with ourselves to know what our dream is, not what other people have said our dream should be, because I believe a lot of people do that. Once I know what my dream is, then I can actually develop a relationship with it where I've got sufficient leverage to want to keep it alive. Because some people haven't developed enough of a relationship with their dream where they actually want to keep it alive. So when they get those little knocks, when someone says they don't believe in you, When nobody downloads your song or nobody reads your book, you get heartbroken and you forget that you didn't do it for them. You did it for you. You did it for the creation of this experience. When we look at things where people believe they've got a dream in order to do something like be a movie star, I encourage people to look at what sits behind that. Is it that you want to be a movie star or you want to make people smile? You want to make them happy. You don't need to be a movie star to do that. You can do that every day but it again it demands that we understand what the dream really is not the facade or the stories about what it should be and then we can actually start to find ways to keep it alive every day in seemingly ordinary ways is it to serve is it to light people up is it to create because maybe the musician just wants to create and bring the non-form into form you can write poems nobody's going to read it are you doing it for them maybe then it's the ego that's speaking and not necessarily the dream. But again, all of this comes down to a conscious relationship with the dream and what's really underneath it. Then we can start to do things to bring it alive, I think.
0: Hmm. Yeah, there's actually a, a guy recently on my podcast. He, um, uh, he was a, a rapper, like at a level just below the, you know, he was touring with like the big names in the industry and he, um, you know, that life created a whole heap of challenges for him. But then his whole business and entrepreneurship now is creating melodies, these rapping songs for, you know, products and services so he's sort of like kept his dream alive of being a star with his talent and now he's you know he's got like Billie Jean marketing and Jesse Itzler like calling him to say hey I want you to do a melody for me and and (laughs) on like that so what what you're just saying that like that just sort of like jumped out as somebody who and, and in between there you know he had a child at 18 accidentally and he was on drugs and his life was completely out of control broke he started his business living in a, a, um, a trailer as as he calls it and you know but it was sort of like the dream was kept alive and he's used his skills and his passions and everything to do that so that's yeah it just totally makes sense what you're describing there so yeah um i'd like to ask a question about um you've made millions lost millions made it again, when you lose millions, is it that you weren't ready to make millions or um, was it just a, a crazy scenario like COVID-19 could have cost a whole heap of people, successful business people, to make them go out of business? Did, did,
1: I, it- think it's com- I think it's a combination because I think that if you're ready, then you're also ready to deal with challenges that will come that will threaten what you've got. So someone who loses millions in COVID, well, then you weren't ready Mm. because you weren't prepared because the best can happen or the worst can happen and there's things in between. Are you not flexible enough? Because you know, as well as I do, all of these downturns also provide opportunities. Mm. They provide challenges, but they're opportunities. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It has to go somewhere. They've pumped, there's literally trillions more in the world The European Central Bank has been pumping and creating more money than than America, believe it or not. The money doesn't go nowhere. It goes into the system. That's the whole point. Mm. Some people sit on it, but it goes into the system. So for me, I teach my flow funnel concept that ultimately everything that we get shows up because emotionally and with the vibrational frequency of it, we can hold it. Our belief systems allow it and our actions and behaviors actually support us having it. So if we're to talk about and I'll come back to my specific example, but, you know, someone who's got trauma around money because maybe they had a rich dad who didn't love them. So they've got this traumatic association between money, not having love, or maybe they didn't have any money. And so they've got resentment about money or they think money is all evil at a deep level. And so then when they're going out to make money, there's no resonance with actually holding money. Or they've got unworthiness issues, they don't believe it's possible. I'm black, I'm white, I'm tall, I'm short, I'm a male, I'm female, it only happens for those people, those beliefs. Or you've got people that just don't know how to create or hold wealth. In my case, I was 20 years old when I first lost all my money. And it happened because I didn't have my paperwork together. I didn't have the right licensing, I didn't have my paperwork together, the government took everything. I also was young, I hadn't been tested by life. So I didn't know what it was to hold that level of wealth. I couldn't hold the frequency. It's just like a lottery winner that gets it and loses it. They had enough spunk to make it happen, but not enough spunk to keep it. The second time I was still young and I hadn't learned any lessons from the first time. So yeah, I was able to hold more money, but again, my choices, my habits and behaviors, naivety was still in there. So I, even though I had a dogged belief, I had a, it wasn't belief anymore. Like I, since about the age of maybe 11, I had no doubt in my mind that I was going to be a millionaire. None. There was just not going to be any other outcome. That's just what it was going to be. So I had that belief, but I didn't have the experience to hold the frequency, just like a lottery winner. And I didn't know what to do. That's why mentorship is so important. That's why having the right coaches. I would love to say, you know, as humans, we've never even seen our own face. Never. You've seen a picture, you've seen a reflection, I'm seeing the video of me, but it's not my face, it's a a capture of it. Mm. So if I haven't even seen my own face, what about the other parts of my life? And that's why it's important to have people in our lives that can hold us accountable, tell us when we're going wrong, tell us what we don't know that we don't know and help us with what we don't know. Now that's one of the reasons why that's such an important part of my life because it just wasn't there before and it definitely contributed to me losing.
0: Mm, absolutely totally agree of everything you said there um and you did mention ego and i did a whole chapter in my book on ego and um i i want you to to Bring your angle to ego because ego can be a good thing it can be a bad thing if you lack self-awareness and the blind spots around your ego it can destroy you but you need it you know probably your ego probably gives you the confidence and the posture and that to go out and make stuff happen as well do you want to put your perspective around ego and how it can be good for you in business and life
1: sure so i actually um a friend of mine, Mira Kelly, she's an author. She sold like 20 million books. She's badass. Um, and I was interviewing her once and she, she said this statement. She said, it's not getting rid of the ego or quietening the ego. It's balancing out the heart with the ego. For me, ego is just the, con- the, the identity self that sits at the unconscious and manifests through what we think and do. And suppressing that part of us is, is just, it's insane versus healing what needs to be healed around the ego. And again, balancing it out. This again comes with getting the right support, the right guidance to even see those actions and those choices and those behaviors that are actually indicating because very rarely can we see ourselves dispassionately or see ourselves for what we are. We see ourselves through a distorted lens. So getting someone from the outside to come and give us a hand really helps, but Again, I believe I the ego is just about the identity that's been created at an unconscious level and our choices and our actions and our behaviors that are in a manifestation of that, an expression of it.
0: Mm yes absolutely and at the end of every episode always ask a handful of questions i call it the rapid fire section but it's really the questions that i ask everybody so they don't have to have a rapid fire answers so take your time if you feel you can add value there beyond that so it's not just one word answers so what's the best book outside of your own that you believe everybody should read it could be one or two um, that if they were looking to get ahead in life and live with abundance and conscious awareness etc cetera, etc cetera, what do you think they should read
1: so i've actually got five books that i live by and i challenge those five books all the time I actually did a series of these just recently a series of videos on these but those five air- books cover the five areas that are most important to me so they are being a dad and a, a husband some my family relationships financial freedom and abundance, how I show up in my life. So being proud of myself, um, my mission and purpose, and then consciousness and expansion. So my answer to that would be for people that are listening to this to identify what are the one or two areas that are most important to you? And then what book actually reflects how you want to show up in that? Um, I would say financial abundance in a healthy way is a big one that everyone should really kind of take care of only because it creates more choice, more freedom. If you're financially abundant, you've got, you've got more time, you've got more energy, you've got more mental peace to go and pursue your health, to go and pursue deeper and loving relationships with your family. But if you're stressed because you can't pay the bills, you can't pay the rent, this can't be, how are you even gonna be in a position to take care of anything else? And for me, the book that I love when it comes to financial abundance is The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Wattles. It's practical. Um, but very philosophical. And it also honors the fact that there are two different ways to make money, what he calls the competitive plane, the kill or be killed, cutthroat way, and the creative plane, which is the more abundant, co- coherent way. So it doesn't pretend that there is only one way to make money, but it does actually encourage you to do the more expansive way and shows you why it's better. So that's what I would say, the science of getting rich.
0: Mm. And what about the best advice you've ever received?
1: Um, so there's a meme that I saw once, right? And in it, there's this guy looking up at the heavens and he says, God, save me from my haters. And the other side is, you know, that Michelangelo thing of like God pointing down and said, dude, nobody's thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest pieces of advice that I ever got was to not get be so concerned that everybody else is really talking about you or thinking about you. Most people are really concerned with themselves. And the people that aren't and are actually talking about you have probably got nothing going on in their life anyway and aren't even worth your consideration. So don't make choices based on what other people are may or may not be thinking or saying or doing. Um, and don't start living your life based on what you think other people are saying or doing. Live it on your terms because you've only got one shot.
0: Mm, absolutely. And what about on the flip side, the worst bit of advice or just something you absolutely totally disagree with like it could be hustle harder you know like that could be the thing you just totally disagree with
1: i think um, one of the, the most ridiculous pieces of advice i ever 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 got was when um someone told me to like stop being so intentional and just let everything happen the way it's supposed to happen now one of my top five books is The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. I'm, I'm all about surrender, but the surrender has to be met with intentionality. Otherwise, what on earth are you surrendering to? If I'm not consciously stepping into the plate, I'm just letting my unconscious programs run the show. So that's one of the most ridiculous, um, and I'm, that particular friend of mine, we have Barneys about this all the time, because they're like, no, surrender, 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 blah, blah, blah. I don't need intentions and da da da. Like my soul knows the answer. Your soul isn't a tyrant. It goes based on what you choose, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. So step up to the plate, quit being a punk and actually be responsible for your own life. Mm,
0: absolutely. A good friend of mine, his name's Jack he actually forwarded my book. He actually, similar sort of advice and... It was, you know, if somebody is like, you know, basically a Buddhist monk, the worst bit of advice you could give them is to surrender and, you know, just let it all flow and happen. And, yeah, you know, that's probably good advice to the hustle harder person, like, you know, just like take a chill pill. But everyone is like, you know, snowflakes are all different. So, yeah, that's um, really good advice. What about the, the idea and, you know, my whole idea and... What I've found happened to me in life um, over my 20-year journey in business is if you can be that top 10%, that top 5%, that top 1% of your niche, you know, you've you know, become that expert, that, you know, that person, that go-to person, more opportunities come your way. And do you agree with being, you know, striving to be that 1% to, to create more opportunities?
1: Yes, but I believe that you have to start being the top 1% version of yourself and then start taking that expanded version of self and then going to, to take that to the back with other people. Because I think sometimes people go into competition with others before they've actually stepped up into the fullness of themselves. Mm. So that's the only thing I would add to that. Is like, make sure that you're leader, the leader in your life and then go and, I mean, I think it's important to always be the best that you can be in anything that you're doing. But that's going to be a lot more achievable when you're whole and complete within yourself Mm,
0: absolutely Um, that's actually one of my coaching programs becoming professionalized is really around that and the first starting point is doing out a work-life vision book which is really the seven areas to master to master your life so i think you nailed it on the head right there Uh, this podcast my book everything is about your one shot at life going out there and giving it your best shot whatever it is for you how would you inspire somebody to realize that one shot you know what just take a few seconds to uh, share your thoughts
1: on that you know what I'm gonna say not everybody's ready to take their one shot you know and it's not because they're not worthy of it it's not that they don't deserve it. it is that they've allowed themselves to run on other people's stories for so long that they don't even see it they don't even see it as an availability so the first thing that I would do is I would say let's look at who you are. Let's look at your uniqueness. Let's inspire you to fall in love with yourself, to see that you're actually worthy of actually having more. Because I feel a lot of people sell themselves short. A lot of people just don't end up going for it only because they don't recognize that they're unique, beautiful strands of divinity. um, and, And they actually are worthy of so much more. And if we can inspire them to do that, then inspiring them to take that worthiness and apply it to going for it will be a bit of an easy leap. Mm,
0: well said. And how do people find you, connect with you, books? We talked a bit about your books, uh, your websites, uh, sh- share with the audience.
1: Easiest place to find me is dreamwithdan.com. Um, I write for a couple of magazines. Um they're always on there. I do three or four blogs a week. I've got my podcast. Um We've got free resources section. Everything's on, on the on the website. If you're a podcast, i definitely check out uh, Do It With Dan, my podcast. Um, I've got another podcast now open called Beyond Success. But dreamwithdan.com, central place to get everything.
0: And from me, I want to thank you for jumping on. It's been a profound uh, episode, a lot of perspective and a lot of re- real deep uh, below-the-surface wisdom coming out from you today. So I uh, want to thank you for jumping on the One Shot Movement podcast.
1: Well, wow, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Wow, I hope you get a lot of value out of that episode. I found it thoroughly enjoying listening to Dan speak and share his lessons on business and life. If you like the episode, please make sure that you share it with your audiences, put it on your socials, give us reviews. It's really important to be able to get great guests like Dan on the show. If you haven't got a copy of my book, you've got one shot. Head across to my website at just simply my name, craigschultz.com. And while you're there, make sure that you book a time with me to see how I can help you become professional to dominate your niche at the end of every episode i always say you've got one shot at life go out there and give it your best shot whatever it is for you my name's craig schultz i'm the host of the one shot movement podcast